Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by a wonderful company, Creation to Revelation. This group of Christians believe it is extremely important that we teach the Word of God to our kids. They have original graphic illustrations from the beginning of the Bible to the end, featuring the beautiful and consistent presence of Jesus throughout. You can explore all of that at creationtorevelation.com. I'm so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for listening in. I have a little extra kick of excitement in today's content for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because I'm learning things. I love learning new things, or at least piecing together older things in a new way. I introduced a book to you two weeks ago by Jeff Olson called The Slight Edge, and the further I get along in that book, a few light bulbs have been coming on, and that gives that extra sense of hope and excitement. And that leads to the second thing. This morning, I sat down with Summer, and my son Luke was there, and the other kids were in the room as well, and I just laid out for them a couple of things that I was going to be intentional on doing at least in a small amount, every day for the rest of this year. And I'll share those with you at the end of today's episode. But it ended up opening the door to a nice little conversation about how all of us could begin doing the right thing on small, easy increments every day and allowing time to be an asset. It's not about do something good, get a result. It's about investing in something good and letting time cause exponential growth and change. And that's really the focus of today's episode. What is your attitude about time? And do you understand that it's not about you starting with simple things and then doing complex things? Most often, the real secret to breaking the cycles in your life, do you remember those cycles from two weeks ago? where the bottom line is fearful and desperate and the top line is head above water and hanging in there. The real secret to busting through and creating a new top level and not vacillating back down to desperation again is seeing time not only as an asset, but as a contributor to your success so much stronger than you are that it ends up providing you exponential results so much greater than anything you could accomplish today, even if you tried your hardest. But you have to see the future as an asset. See it with hope and excitement and expectation. When it comes to attitude about time, the rest of this year, the next three years, the rest of your life, there are three dominant attitudes. The first is more despair. Time is the enemy. I don't feel well today, and if I live two more years, I'll feel even worse. My marriage is shaky today. Five years from now, who knows if we'll even still be together. I'm behind on my bills. If the Lord doesn't come back before Christmas, I'm going to lose my car. This is such a sad situation to look at this beautiful gift from God called time and not only fail to redeem it and purpose it, but to actually despise its existence. We certainly want to leave that attitude behind. The second attitude is probably more common. 
It's not a despising of future years. It's more of a negligence, a ho-hum attitude towards the rest of 2022 or next year or the next five years. Kind of an agnostic view. I'm not excited about it or lamenting it. It's just time. The first half of this year passed quickly, and I suppose the second half will also. The last five years, they flew by, and there were a few notable events, but I suspect the next five, if God provides it, will do about the same. The absolute saddest thing about dismissing time in this way is that God is providing us a power so much greater than ourselves, and we're not using it. If nothing else happens in this episode, I want you to get emotional about time. That emotion, that third attitude ought to be gratefulness to God, thankfulness. Lord, you've given me so much time, and if you give me six more months, this is what I'm going to do with it. If I'm still alive five years from now, here is who I can become. I can't do it in a day or a week, and you may not give me another day, but you've given me many before this one, and if you choose to provide more, I'm going to start some things that are well within my power, simple things, and then put it into your hands. If you favor the things that I'm doing, help give me the strength and resolve and optimism to keep doing them. Show me some fruit along the way that this is the right thing I've invested in. And then, Lord, the rest is up to the pure gift of time that you have given me. That is the attitude we should have. And for most of us, it's actually pretty easy to illustrate. If you're listening thinking, I don't know that I should be that optimistic about time, I'm not sure it would make that much of a difference. Well, let me ask you this. If you went back five years and you understood the power of compounding interest and that, hey, there's a good chance I might be around five years from now and you had invested in Apple, how would that be working out for you? If you'd have started a couch to 5K program and stuck with it or taking your kids out to lunch once a week, all very simple things, what would your life look like today? Time would have transformed your bank account, your body, or some of your most treasured relationships. So if we get to the end of this episode and some broken soundtrack in your head is saying, it won't make a difference, time isn't that valuable, just take a moment and think about how your life could be now. If you had taken advantage of these principles not long ago, then come right back to the present and get started. By the way, I know someone is saying, Chris, we don't know if we have the rest of this year. We can make all these plans. I might not be around three years from now to enjoy some great marriage because of things I start doing every day. To which I would say, okay, so something happened. Christ came back or your life ended, but at least you were working towards something. And you were redeeming the gift of every new day that God gave you. And if, by chance, sort of like every other year of your life so far, you do get another one, let's make the absolute most of it. And again, we're not talking about incredible effort sustained. We're just talking about intentional, simple efforts maintained. Let time do the heavy lifting. To illustrate this, let me give you two very simple examples in Jeff Olson's book. He tells the story of the two frogs, which I like a lot because we've talked about frogs in the past. Two frogs jump into a bucket of milk and they can't get out. They paddle along for a few minutes and one of them says, it's hopeless. 
There's no way out. I'm giving up. He stops paddling, sinks, and drowns. The other one is in no better condition than the first, and paddling is about all he can do, but he keeps doing it. For about an hour, he continues to move his legs. Eventually, he tires out, gives up, and prepares to sink and drown. But he doesn't. The feeling of the milk between his feet is thicker than it was before. While his paddling seemed futile, and I guess in theory it is, an hour's worth of time made a big difference. He was churning that milk into something else. So he just kept doing it. And after a while, he was able to get a footing and leap out. One of those frogs wasn't more gifted than the other. He just continued to fight until time, his ally, came to the rescue. That's an interesting example because he broke the cycle between desperation and drowning and adequately floating along, and he reached a new level of freedom. Here's a second story told in the book that pertains to money and compounding interest. There's a man who is on his deathbed, and he tells his two boys, when I die, you have two options. Either I can give each of you $1 million right off the bat, or I'll give you one penny on the first day, and that penny will double every day until the 30th day, and then I'll give you that total. He gave them overnight to think about it. One son went right to sleep because it was a no-brainer, and the other son pulled out a pencil and a piece of paper and started looking into it. So it was a big surprise the next day when the first son said, I'll take a million dollars right now. And he got that million dollars in a lump sum. And he immediately tried to take that huge gain and make it into something astronomical. He invested it in home run stocks so that he could become extremely wealthy very fast. The other brother chose the penny. And it didn't look too wise early on. By day five, he had 16 cents. By day 10, it had doubled each day to $5. By day 20, doubling each day, his penny had grown to $5,000. Still a far cry from his brother's payout. But by day 30, that penny had multiplied to $5 million. Meanwhile, his brother, always looking for the quick fix, had gone for the home run and struck out. His investments had failed and he had nothing. Now that story is somewhat tied to money and makes some great applications about small, consistent investments now and what time can do. But even more than that, it represents the difference between appreciating time and overlooking it. It represents different outcomes for those who are patient and those who are always looking for the quick fix. Quick fixers will occasionally find it. No time required. Instant benefit. But the excessive risks they take to achieve that will almost always bring them back to nothing. If you want more information on that, do a quick Google search on what usually happens to lottery winners. Okay, let me put all of this together for you, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago and today, mix in a little bit of Ephesians 5, share with you two personal decisions that I've made, and then we're out of here. If you came to visit me and said, Chris, I've been wasteful. I want to make changes. How do I become a better version of myself? After we had a brief conversation about the power of God to do such things, I would probably tell you something like this. 
I want you to look out to some point in your future and envision who you want to become. Now, for you, this could be any number of categories. It might be financial dependence or getting out of debt. It could be a much more rich and fruitful home life. It could be missionary work in Nicaragua or running a marathon. Whatever it is, I want you to expand out a section of time, a reasonable amount of time, and visualize yourself accomplishing those goals. Secondly, I want you to attach an emotion to it. What we talked about two weeks ago is how powerful emotions are. Fear gets us moving. Complacency, which is basically a lack of emotion, causes us to fall back into bad habits. So not only see yourself in that version, but think about how that will feel internalize some excitement about that, a true sense of joy, and then hold on to that. And every time you think about why you're doing what you're doing, or maybe even the option to quit, not only do I want you to visualize where you're headed, I want you to access that feeling that you have now in anticipation and that you're looking forward to experiencing in real life. The next step is really easy. Huge feature in Olson's book, What are the simple, easy-to-do things you can start today that if you simply never stopped doing them would get you where you wanted to go if God blessed you with time and opportunity? If it's financial, it might be some slight budget cuts. If it's health, it might be getting a walk-in every day. If it's marriage, it might mean putting the cell phone away every night at dinner. Maybe it will grow, maybe it will become something more, but the point is, it will always be present. Then, you need that secret sauce. The secret sauce is an optimistic view of time. Pray to God and say, Lord, if you give me the rest of this year, I'm excited about what we're going to do with it. Good Father, you've given me a bunch of years, and I wish I had started some things back then, but if you give me that same amount again... I have become the kind of person who understands what a blessing that time is, and I am going to redeem it. I'm not going to lament it, and I'm not going to ignore it like most people do. I'm going to use it. This is Ephesians chapter 5, where the Apostle Paul talks about redeeming the time. Some versions say, making the most out of your time, because in fact, the days are evil, which means we will eventually run out of them. The runway does have an ending point, and we don't know when it will be. And in that way, the days are evil because they're unpredictable and limited. But listen, so many people have used that truth to do nothing. Hey, we may not even be here next year. Well, there's a really good chance you will be. So how will things be going then? Redeem that time. Reclaim it. Invest it. Make it valuable. When I think of redeeming, I think of time in the past that God gave me that I didn't use directionally. It wasn't being employed as a part of my growth and change. And I want another shot at that. I want to redeem the lost time if God will give me more. I've said this a lot in sermons lately. We're always praying for more time. We're praying for better health. We're praying for more stability in our world. And I've got to think that God's up there going, why? If I give it to you, what are you going to do with it? Who will you become? How will it honor me? And what will Christ become in you? How is he growing in you now? 
What simple, daily, intentional, good things are you doing that would grow into a beautiful plant if I gave it time to do so? And this is what I'm saying. That's your part in this. Your part is, God, this is what I'm going to start doing today to help my family. It won't help them in a week, but if you give it a year, it will. This is what I'm going to start doing to improve my health. But God, if you give me two more years, I can be a different person and utilized in wonderful ways. Do you see how all of this attaches to God and to prayer? God is the time giver, the gift provider. But maybe the better way to categorize what he's doing is seeing God as an investor. Do you want more time? He will invest it in you but he is expecting exponential growth because the direction you're choosing to take, as small as those steps are, consistently over time, can and will become something incredible. I just have to believe that that kind of a vision for the future that exists in your hopes and in God's view will encourage him to bless you with more of it. So in this last bit, let me tell you some things I'm working on. I'm recording this on July the 1st. The second half of the year is laid out before me. And of course, if you're listening to this on launch day, you're catching it about 10 days later. So feel free to reach out and be my accountability partner and see how I'm doing. But there are a couple of things that I wish were true in my life that simply aren't at this moment. One of them is complete independence from cell phone addiction, which has plagued me on and off for years. And the other is getting back to running and accomplishing some 5Ks every week, which made me feel amazing, but hasn't been happening lately. So every day, I'm going to intentionally set the cell phone aside at different intervals. Not something massive on the first day, just something that I do on purpose in a way that replaces it with prayer and time with my family. And secondly, I'm going to move every day. I want it to be 30 minutes but I'm okay with five or 10 or 15. The point is, I'm not going to bed at night without at least a small commitment to a greater goal. Look, neither of those things are going to bring about drastic change overnight, but I have looked to the end of this year, exactly six months from now, and I see a version of myself that I'm pretty excited about. I've attached an emotion to that vision. And maybe if a couple of simple daily habits like that stay in place throughout all of 2023, unimaginable results can come to pass. But you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. That's God's business. But if he is willing to gift it to us, let's get optimistic and excited about what is possible if you and I are redeeming the time. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.